Welcome to our very first episode of the Let's Talk Love podcast. Today, I had the pleasure of speaking with Bella Gandhi, expert dating coach and founder of the Smart Dating Academy in Chicago. For those of you looking for solid, effective dating advice, Bella can help. We talk about the importance of changing your dating checklist from what you want versus what will make you the happiest. We discuss what red flags to watch out for, how pacing plays a crucial role in dating, and how to screen people in rather than screening people out when looking for love. Every time I talk to Bella, I learn so much. I hope our fun conversation gives you more tools for dating smarter and eventually meeting the right partner for you. Enjoy. Welcome to the Let's Talk Love podcast, where we flip the script on outdated narratives and cliches about love and relationships. I'm your host, Robin Ducharme, founder of Real Love Ready. This podcast is for anyone who wants to be better at love, regardless of relationship status. We'll talk about the intimate connections in our lives and the challenges and complexities inherent in those partnerships. Through our no-holds-barred interviews with global experts, we'll gain insight about ourselves and learn new skills to improve our relationships. Because when we learn to love better, we make the world a better place. Are you ready for open and honest conversations about love? Let's get started. And welcome to our Let's Talk Love podcast. I am so very excited. My name is Robin Ducharme, and I'm the founder of Real Love Ready and your host for today. And this is a very important, very special time because this is our first recording, our first podcast episode ever with Real Love Ready. And our first guest is Bella Gandhi. And we are so incredibly excited to be joined by this beautiful, incredible, wise woman. Bella is a self-proclaimed psychotic optimist, and she's a successful dating coach and the fairy godmother of dating. It's true. true. Bella is a wealth of practical and dating effective advice. Her company, Smart Dating Academy, has helped thousands of people find loving relationships with, I was amazed to hear this, zero divorces. So... You know, that is, that's amazing, Bella, really. And I just want to, um, first of all, just thank you so, so very, very much for sharing this hour and being our first guest on Let's Talk Love. I (laughs) am so honored to have that incredibly esteemed position of being your first guest and couldn't be more delighted or excited for this podcast. You're bringing so much love into the world and really helping people to get real love ready. I love your name. So I'm in it. Let's make this. We're going to give you guys more than you bargained for in this hour. So put your seatbelts on because it's going to be a ride. Absolutely. And you know, Bella, I just have to share this story um, about you and I and our connection. So I first learned about you through our fellow friend and my mentor, Rachel Greenwald. And Rachel is this amazing celebrity matchmaker that is um, living and working out of Denver, Colorado. And I flew to Denver in 2012, October, for her week-long matchmaker boot camp because at the time I had my matchmaking business and I was date coaching and I really just wanted to learn from the best of the best. And all my research pointed me towards Rachel. So I spent the week there and she had told me like, I think it was like day three. And she said, you have to connect with 
this woman in Chicago. Her name's Bella Gandhi. She has this company, Smart Ding Academy. And I think I did reach out to you back in 2012 and said, hi, Bella, like nice to connect. And we, and you were so kind and generous. And you said, anytime let's, let's connect. We never did get on the phone, but this is how the universe works in miraculous ways. Here we are like 11 years later and 10 years, 10, well, yes, 11 years later. And, you know, in different, I'm in, I'm in a different place with real love ready, but it's the same universe of love, helping people find love. And anyways, I just wanted to share that because this is, I just, I just, I just love the miracles in life too. Right. I'm so totally, I mean, Rachel is such a special person and has been an amazing mentor to me through all these years. And I did her, um, boot camp in 2010, actually January of 2010. I think we were her very first boot camp and it was two days and it was wonderful. And I've met so many fantastic people through her, um, including you. So I'm super excited to be here. Thank you for having me. So Bella, can you please just start on giving us um, an introduction to how you got into date coaching and smart date and starting smart dating Academy? How did your life lead you into this, this business that you've been doing for a decade? I realized, Robin, when I was back in college that I had these crazy instincts on matchmaking and who should date whom. Now, mind you, my own dating life was a little bit to be desired back in the day. And I did not always make the most savory choices for young Bella. However, after a particular heartbreak, I sat back and said, okay, I've been in this relationship for two years, you know, and it's one of those on again, off again, on again. And we've all been there. And every time they get a little bit more destructive and I actually took stock and I looked in the mirror, I'm like the common denominator in this is me. Mm -hmm. And so I went back like any good business student back in the day and kind of made a spreadsheet in a journal, like, okay, what, what, the, what am I doing? What's attracting me to these people? What's worked? What didn't work? What was my responsibility in this? What was his responsibility? And I started to see that there were a lot of patterns and things that I wasn't doing well. And then I asked myself a better question, who in my life makes me really, really happy? And I took stock of all of those people and looked at those characteristics. And through this crazy epiphanous weekend where a heartbroken girl puts together the pieces of this, I realized, huh, there were some interesting people in my life that maybe I should think about dating. And so I had been friends with a guy for six years, best friends. And I suddenly started to look at him in a bit of a different light after this mm. exercise, which I do, which by the way, forms the anchor for what we do with all of our clients at Smart Dating Academy that you reference. We've had zero divorces using this method. And we started dating. We got engaged three years later. This year we'll be married 25 years. I started to oh. teach all of my friends how to do this. Now, mind you, I have a business degree. I have a degree in, I can't, I started working, you know, management consulting, mergers and acquisitions, then went to run a big manufacturing global company, but all the while I kept matchmaking. And so when we sold the manufacturing company in basically, I finally left there in 2006. I started this company in 2009 because I knew every, I think every one of us 
here, you know, if you're listening to this and you're kind of one of those people, you're like, I don't know exactly what my purpose is. You'd have your gifts. We just have to really be in a space to listen for them. And I think I was just lucky enough to be in the space in the time where I knew, okay, this is what I want to do. So I started Smart Dating Academy that year. Wow. I love that story. And you were using your own um, personal experience to build your business and your gifts. I love these two quotes and I put them next to each other because these are, these are things that you've said. You say, finding the right person will determine 90% of your happiness or 90% of your misery. And I think that is absolutely true. However, <laughs> choosing partners is something that we are never taught how to do, but we're That's just right. expected to know how. That's right. This is right. It's the, it's one of the most important decisions you're ever going to make, 100%. but you're not taught how to, how to make the right decision around this. Right. 100%. You just gave me goosebumps at quoting my own quote back to me. I'm like, wow, that is, it is so true. And, and when people come to us and tell me, you know, I just, you know, and I tell them it's not your fault. Like there are a lot of forces working against us that break our fingers for us. We're not, we can't choose what happens in our family of origin. The messaging that we get from them, right, is toxic or incorrect to say the least for so many reasons. And, and there's so many things that work against us, our own biology and our own evolution. You know, we still pick partners the way we did back in caveman days. And so if your picker's broken and you're listening to this and you know, you've made bad choices, you're not alone. It's not your fault. We should be taught the things that we're teaching at Smart Dating Academy. We should be taught as a course in college. I believe that's my ultimate mission someday is get them when they're young, teach them how to do this. I have a 17 and a half year old daughter who has her first boyfriend and guess what he has? No red flags. It's a good, healthy relationship. Mm. So it's wow. like, I'm watching it, not just in my own client base, but this is like a Petri dish in my own house. What happens when you talk about these things and you teach kids the things that I'm teaching to 35 and 55 and 70 year olds. And I'm teaching them young and you can see it makes a difference. Oh, there is no doubt. And you're, you're teaching your 17 year old. Just first of all, you're modeling it with your husband and you're, you're teaching her or him. Uh, did you see your daughter? Her, right? her. Yeah. You know what healthy relationships look like, right? That's, that's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. So I know from experience as working as a um, matchmaker and dating coach, and I know you've talked about this. It's just that the general um, idea around finding a partner right now, like people, what people maybe go to is this list, checklist, right? So you know, I love this in your TED talk, which is what my experience was too, as well. I would always ask my clients, okay, what are you looking for? And if it was a woman, every one of them would say tall, Right. And the majority of people, men in this world are, are like 5'10 and under. <laughs> I don't know. That's kind of tall, but, um, but then, and then what, what men would say, what, what's on men's checklist, right? Maybe 10 years younger, at least. <laughs> so that's actually something um, you, people are, we're, they're, they're turning to the wrong checklist. Yeah. We're wired. Like I was saying a couple minutes ago, you know, the deck, the deck is kind of stacked 
against us and what we're looking for love today. It favors what we needed back in the day. You know, we, women needed the big burly caveman, like, you know, you saw in my Ted talk and it's called, um, the secret to finding lasting love. And I just gave the Ted talk in October of 2021, but talk how women say, tall is the number one thing on their dream list. And men say fit or attractive or younger, right? Whatever it is, it's usually fit and attractive. And these have very deep evolutionary roots in us. And we still, a lot of the things that we preference in partners are still from that sort of reptilian lizard brain. And it doesn't really have any correlation to what we want out of love today, which is so different than if you asked your grandparents or your great grandparents, what did you want out of your marriage? Did you think they said, I want my best friend, my soulmate, my lover, my la, 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 la. And all the things we say today, they're like, well, I don't know. I just need a wife. I need a husband. Like you have your friends for certain things. And, and until the year 1900, I think the average human age until what, till mortality was 30 years old, right? So we weren't living long for millennia. And now we're living longer. We want so much more. We want romance and friendship and fidelity out of one relationship. It's like this one person has to become everything to us. And yet we're picking like, that's not the case. Right. And so you are helping people identify, like, you know, you've got your smart dating Academy list, right? So you, you say, which I think is brilliant and it's, this is why it works, right? It's you're, you're identifying what's way more important is what people in your life, like, you know, bring you the most joy, the most happiness, who you can feel your true self with authentic self with. Yeah. Right. You describe elevator people in your life, right? It's such a big shift. In fact, I had a session with a client today who's got her doctorate in therapy and we went through this exercise and it's so mind blowing for people and everybody's list is going to be different, but really thinking about people in your life that elevate you, right? We call them elevator people because they're the people that make you happiest. They lift you up and they elevate you. Right. And so, and I always say like an elevator, an elevator does come down, but it keeps you grounded and it keeps you safe, mm-hmm. right? Your elevator people are, you know, usually some aspect of people that are supportive for you. They love you for you, right? They're always there for you. They have your back and they're your cheerleaders. They think you can do anything. They show up for you. Right. And for so many of us, not one, not one person really comes into us. When I say, tell me about your dream person, putting one of those characteristics that I just delineated on their dream list, we're still stuck on tall and how much money somebody makes and what they look like. And do they have hair and what do they like to eat? And what do they like to do? And how many stamps are in their passport? Okay. I'm not taking, I'm not saying that those things aren't important, but I'm saying you know, whatever the number is, I've seen numbers that say 34, 50% of first marriages end in divorce, whatever you believe about that number, it's a hell of a lot, right? It's almost a majority. I just just had this thought, Bella. It's like, if you, let's say move to a new city and you want to just need a new friend, right? You want a friend. <laughs> You're not like, like, like you, let's, let's just, say I moved with my husband and, and my family and I didn't have any friends in this brand new place. 
I sure as heck wouldn't be making a list going like, I hope that she or he, like I'm probably a woman, I'd be looking for a good, a good girlfriend. Totally. I hope she is skinny and very <laughs> successful. And she has, she makes lots of money. And she, this, that, that, I mean, you're not looking for physical attributes in a best friend. You're looking for somebody that you can have fun with and is going to be supportive and honest. And so many things that you look for in a friend. So why wouldn't our list for best friends not align with like our partner that we want to share the rest of our life with? Right. <laughs> exactly. I tell them it's like, when you think about those people, right. I want my best friends. I mean, there are people that want their best friends to be skinny and pretty. Oh, okay. And yeah. right there, there are those people, you know, we all know, we all know maybe one. Um, but I think when we're really looking, when we're healthy, right. And we have the capacity to have healthy, secure relationships. You're right. Those aren't the things that we're prioritizing. We're prioritizing people that are truly going to be able to be anchors and rocks for us and where we can reciprocate that back to them. And, and so, yeah, we don't look at relationships, I think in a way that we should be at this point, because we want so much more. And a lot of this is socioeconomically driven, right? Yes. When you talk yes. about a hundred years ago, you know, women didn't have the ability very easily anyway, to go out and earn money and forget about being successful or being C-suite or sitting in the boardrooms, right? Just even to be able to have a job that made money. And now women are in school at equal levels to men, right? We're closing the wage gap at this point. And I hope that that gets even further and that ultimately there is no wage gap. But along with that, we still sometimes date like it's 150 years ago. So there's just this mismatch in who we are. I have super successful C-suite clients, women that'll say, well, I really want the guy to make the first move. I'm like, where in your life, CEO woman, badass boss, babe, have you ever said you want someone else to take the lead? That's you wouldn't right. be sitting in the chair at work that you are, if you wouldn't have, if, if you would have had that perspective. So question yourself, question why, what brain are we operating from? Question are we operating? Right. Are we operating from Hollywood, Bollywood and the media and Harlequin and from our reptilian brains, or are we operating for the person that we are today? Right. You are you know, a boss lady or a boss man or whatever you are. And most likely you want a partner. Right. You want a partner. Somebody, that's absolutely right. Yep. You're not looking for somebody to save you. And we look and we quotes, lose that I, logic. Yes. Oh. What were you saying about I've got, a quote? I've got a page full of quotes, a Bella quotes. I love, I love, <laughs> you're just a wealth of information <laughs> and wisdom. This you're going to have to send me those Bella quotes. I will. Just I will come off the cuff. I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. You take say that. So I love when people are like, that's a Bellaism. I'm like, tell me what the Bellaisms are. Cause I don't even know. Yeah. This is, if you share the same core values as the person you're dating, a lot of your less significant differences will fade away into the background. That's right. Interests and personality, those strongly visible to all are surface level aspects of a person. Values are the pillars that construct who a person really is. At the end of the day, as long as you align on your values, the two of you are birds of a feather in ways that matter. True. So, right? All you be clear on what your values are and that you're sharing those with your partner. 
So, absolutely. And if you, you know, if you talk to my husband and you look at me, you could to some extent be like, wow, these are different personalities and how they approach the world. And he's more introverted and I'm more extroverted. And, and there's so many of those external differences, but yet at the core, we both value friendship fiercely, loyalty, fiercely, family, fiercely. We value each other's success and growth fiercely. So what the Venn diagram over the things that matter are so important. And just remember you guys, if you're listening to this nature, like lust and chemistry and fireworks, that's all well and good, but that is nature's way of tricking us into relationships and attachment. So be very wary of who you're feeling that chemistry with. You have to really take stock of that. So often we correlate high chemistry with a good relationship bet. That is not always the case. You have heads or tails odds. On any gamble in life, you've got heads or tails odds. And relying sheerly on chemistry without checking what's under the values hood, you might be in for another kind of bag of disasters. Wow. That is the truth. And I actually, I do. I mean, I'm no longer in the date coaching business. So it's like, you know, that, that connection between me and my client, it doesn't exist. I'm doing something I, I love now, but I have to say like, that was something that I was seeing a lot was somebody coming in with their checklist. Right. And it's like, they're the outside package and the personality. Actually it's a different person, but the same kind of thing. It's the inside that needed to change, right? right. The values weren't aligned. So you're going to keep attracting that. If you're, if that's what you're looking for, you're going to keep attracting that, but you're not going to have that deeper connection, that lasting, that lasting connection. 100%. And so I've and, got a question. I just yeah. have a question that I'm going to ask from our community about values. Oh, I would love that. The question is how can I approach the topic of personal values and politics? I know mm. some of the apps have things like vaccination <laughs> confirmation <laughs> on their platforms, but not everyone discloses or is comfortable with disclosing for many other privacy reasons. How do I bring that up early on? So I guess this person values, obviously values vaccination, right? And so that's where, what, what would you suggest? I would say if you're on an app and it sounds like this person in your community is on the apps, if it's really important to you, say it, yes. right? I am vaccinated and boosted and would prefer that you are as well. Smiley face, right? It yes. doesn't have to be judgmental. No. Say it kindly, say it openly, put it out there. And if you are, you know, ardently, if you, you know, there are people, you know, politics has become polarized. I don't, I don't think that that is a contentious, you know, statement in and of itself. And if there's still a lot of people that are know, fairly middle of the road, but then there are people where having a partner that matches their political ideology and their beliefs is very, very important to them. Mm -hmm. And you have to decide who am I? Is it very important to me that my partner aligns with exactly what I believe? Then put it out there. Yes. Be completely, put it out there. Be candid, be candid. You know, you know what the 2022 term of the year is in dating? hardballing. Mm -hmm. And what does that mean? We've had two years 
of being isolated in COVID. And Match put out a study that said between 60 and 70% of singles surveyed in their Singles in America survey said that they are looking for a real relationship. So people want, people are looking for love and bonding. And along with that, we don't want these flim flam relationships that go on for too long. Hardballing means say what you want and say it soon. If you are looking for a relationship that leads to marriage, say that. You don't wait nine months or nine years to say that and hope. Management by hope is never a good philosophy, right? Say it up front. Are we on the same page? I want to make sure that this is what you're looking for. I'm not saying you need to marry me, but you are looking for a relationship that, you know, after dating exclusively for six months, you would know yay or nay, whether you want to be with person or not. If it's someone who wants what you want, they'll be like, absolutely. I have had clients, Robin, I have a client in New York. Her name's Jen. Jen was out online dating, 39 years old, wanted to get married and wanted to have kids and felt the ring of her biological clock. And so we got her online. She had new photos. We wrote her profile, did all the things she knew who are, we call them high GHQ guys. That's our trademark, high and good husband quality. She knew who he was. She knew what the red flags were. So she gets out there and she meets a guy and he seems amazing. Love him. I love him. Within three months, they were exclusive boyfriend, girlfriend, and we have a whole slow dating process. So she was like, listen, I really want to have kids. He's like, listen, I get it. I want to date you for six months. And if things are as good in six months as they are now, you will have a ring. So she called me. Wow. She's like, what do I say? I'm like, you've put out there where you are. Let's watch for markers. So we watched what he did. I had her not check in about the ring every month, right? Like, <laughs> good have fun, get to know each other. Are you getting deeper? How are your values? Is this someone you would want to partner up with and have kids with? Six months to the day happened to be her 40th birthday. She got the ring. My text went off at 11 PM on a Saturday night. And I thought, what is this? And it was a picture of a finger with the ring on it. And she says, I got my ring. And I literally just started screaming and jumping up and down in my own bedroom. Like, oh my God, this works. He was so awesome. We played our cards, right? Slow date it, see how it goes. But yes, he said in six months, you will have your ring. If things are where they are five months later, she was married and she was five months pregnant. Wow. Wow. This is, see, those are the, that's a beautiful story. It's amazing. Right. And so these things, when you put it out there and you vet this person and remember, this isn't just about them vetting you. It's about you vetting them as well. Are they good for you? We pretzel ourselves and twist ourselves into all these things that we think, well, if I do this, then maybe he'll really want to be with me. Just say, do you want to be in a relationship that's going to lead to marriage? I had a client from Canada last week was on the phone. She's been dating someone for a year and he's a little bit shy about, he seems like he's flim flamming about the whole marriage thing and comes from a relationship with parents. There was a contentious divorce when he was a kid. I said, I need you to ask him two questions. Question number one, do you want to get married? Mm -hmm. If the answer is yes. The second question, do you want to marry me? Me. Yes. 
I need the answers to those two questions. There's no need to be beating around the bush, right? No. Wow. If, and what I want to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, um, and all people listening to this, you don't have to settle for something that you don't want. You don't have to settle for something that is less than what you want. Don't get sucked into, well, why do I really need to get married? I mean, we live together and it's fine. And you are settling. If you are not being true to your heart, true to what you're valuing, you will always feel that little voice inside of you. You Absolutely. don't have to settle for that. So let's, let's talk about when you're dating, like we talk about some of these key questions that you want to ask people early on, like you said, being straight up and honest, are you looking for, I'm looking for a long-term partnership, eventually a marriage, I hope. Are you, are you on the same path? What other questions would you, I've got an, I've got um, and on, I've got an online question that came to you from one of our community members about this. She says, I'm having the same conversations over and over and over again that lead nowhere. How do I make this more exciting? Because the initial interactions are so boring. Well, there's that. But then I also wanted to get down to asking what are those right questions to ask so that you're, you know, you're not wasting your time with people that are definitely not on the same path and they're not, they're, this, this is probably not going to go anywhere. Okay. So dear writer of this question, here's what I would challenge you with as your coach. I would say, okay, if these interactions are boring, describe to me your ideal date. What would it be? What questions would he ask you? What would you be talking about? And guess what? Ask, ask those, those questions. <laughs> when people yes. are like, it's boring. I'm like, what would you like to happen? La, 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 la. Okay, great. Go make that happen. And they're like, oh, I'm like, why do we, why do we get into the passenger seat of the car all the time? People, you have the steering wheel of these dates. You have the steering wheel of your dating life in your hands, but we so readily go and sit in the passenger seat and, oh, it's boring. Well, what the hell are you doing to make it exciting? Exactly. Make it exciting. Do you have a list of questions? Make it fun. Say, you know what? What's the best memory you have from growing up as a kid? Right? What were what kind of kid were you? Did you get in trouble in class or were you the, the kid that kept the peace? Ask better questions for better conversation. Right. You have to be you're right. You have to be in control of this. It's not just setting sitting down and just expecting that this person's gonna show up and be you know, miraculous conversational conversationalist. You have to be the same. Right. You have be to be who you want yourself. to attract. Be who you want to attract. And if my definition of fun and a fun date is going to be different than Robin's and is going to be different from the person that asked this question. So I can't give you a list of 10 questions that are going to provide for a fun date. I can give you a list of 10 questions that might have you have more provocative conversations during the date, but you seem to know what you want out of these interactions. Go get it, girl. Go get it. That's right. So I, I would really like to talk about red flags. <laughs> you teach people how to know the, what red flags to look for. That's, yes. This is a really important one, I think. And we, you know, we can, you know, if you're a, a kind, optimistic person, like a lot of us are, <laughs> you're like looking for the good in people and you may be ignoring some clear red flags. 
what would you just give us an example of, you know, some red flags you're like, okay, that's, that was, and I, and I'm going to, I've got a community question around this that I'll share, but I just wanted to hear from you first before we dive into that, that other question. So how about this? Because you know me, I can give you 17 red flags. I'm going to give you one so we can get to your question from your, from your writer. One red flag is in online dating. Anybody says that they are not looking for drama. That's a red flag. If someone says, I'm not looking for drama, what I think that means, and I have a lot of data behind this, it means I'm going to be the one to cause you drama. Wow. Yes. Right. And in the past, they've had a lot of drama with relationships. So watch out. Watch out. If they're saying I'm not looking for drama, it's like, oh, you're the, you're the person that's going to bring the drama. Okay. I got you. Okay. You may not be looking for it, but wherever you go, it surrounds you because some there is emotionally dysregulated or they're inconsistent or they're unavailable. Right. And the list goes on. So that is a big red flag to me. Okay. I good one. <laughs> <laughs> So we have, we have a woman in our, in our community that's sharing her dating story. She met a man online. They met and they hit it off right away. He said he was 49 on the app. And weeks later, after they had had, you know, quite a few dates, he admitted that he was 55. Mm. They spent a lot of time together. He was constantly talking about their future. They both met each other's kids. She, he invited um, two months, three months in, he invited her to his exes with the kids, they decorated the Christmas tree together four months in. And after the morning text messages about booking a holiday together, he out of the blue calls her and says, he does not see an end with her. They're not, he doesn't see, you know, we're not together in the end. (laughs) And she didn't see it coming at all. Oh my God. But in hindsight, I'm sure there was a lot of red flags. Um, just in hearing this, what do you see? could have been the red flags. I mean, I, I think the age thing right away, if somebody's lying to you right away, Bella, would yeah. you say, is that, would, would you say that that is, that is a major red flag? I don't like lying. There's no such thing as a white lie. It's a lie or it's a truth. Right. And I see people online that will say, Oh, I'm 49 in their stated age, but then in their profile, they'll write, I'm actually 55. I'm just trying to not get screened out by people that are younger. So I don't love that. And I, I don't love it because I find it to be my empathy kicks in for that person. Like they don't feel good enough as they are in skin, right? For the person who's telling the lie. So it is a red flag and the red flag, it might be a really nice person who's just insecure about their age. And maybe somebody once told them, Oh, you know what? You're too old. And now they carry this around with them and it's a thing and they need to go to therapy. Good son. Other than that, it just happens to be that one wound. However, it can also be the first of a hundred lies that this person is going to tell you. And that's the real rub with dating is you don't know. 
You don't know. I've heard stories both ways of people that have lied about their age, confessed it on the first date, and the person gave them a break and they're so glad they did. And now they've been together for 15 years. But the person outed it right away. They didn't have to go digging after a million dates. Like it sounds like this person did that he told her after, you know, 10, 15 dates. And it also, the other red flag for me in this situation is, I'll tell you, here's a quote. <laughs> now I'm starting to think of Bellaism. Yes, please. <laughs> what, what starts fast ends fast. Mm. So if you are, if, you know, if this person wants to inhale you, they want to take you mm. away, have you meet the kids, spend holiday with the exes. That's a lot in right. four months. That is crazy train a lot. And people don't know that we're taught to think that love at first sight, it should be intense. It should be just like it played out again. We're not taught how to do this. So that in and of itself with my clients would never, ever, ever, ever happen. I don't let anybody get exclusive or stop their dating funnel until three to four months after they've met someone who looks amazing. And if he's got all the GHQs and no red flags at that point, we might become exclusive in our, with our clients, they're not even introducing this person to their friends yet, much less decorating the Christmas tree with the ex-wife. Wow. That's a lot in four months. It is. But I also, I'm thinking about your, your model with your clients and I'm like, Hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you that's think like three it. to four months and not introducing your friends and you're just, you know, you do talk about pacing. So pacing. I'm, we're going to get to that, but I, um, it, I just wanted to go back to this four month marker because you've got this love lab that's coming up in February. It's called fix your picker love lab. Please do it. What? It's February I just 6th. love the name. It's, it's great because our pickers are broken. Amazing. Right. And you, but one of the things you're going to be teaching is why behavior changes at four months with avoidance. Mm. So this was something that was also um, conveyed in the story is that this person, this man had been in a, quite a few four month relationships. And it just so happened that when he broke up with her, it was four months. So what is it about? Can you just kind of explain this? The four so- month behavior changes with avoidance? It's so crazy. You know, my theory is, and I think that there's science to back this up is they can be really intoxicating and they put everything out up front, right? Emotionally avoidant people are like koala bears with broken legs. They're not toxic. They're not narcissistic, (laughs) but that's the analogy I give my clients is they're like koala bears, but they just can't attach to the tree. Like their legs are broken. They're not bad. They're still cute koala bears. Their attachment systems are broken and whatever happened to them when they were kids, that's what happened. And so remember avoidantly attached people value their independence overall because nobody really ever took care of them. So they grew up thinking I have to take care of myself. Mm -hmm. And so usually at the four month mark, when the hormones of, you know, the elevated testosterone and estrogen and all of the, the crazy making hormones, they can start to diminish at that point when you don't have the capacity to fully attach, remember broken koala legs, it's game over. Then you're like, "Eh, 
I got to move on to the next person because I'm not feeling it with you anymore because I can't securely attach intimately to you as a partner. So once those hormones wear off, they're out to the next conquest. I, re- I, I got obsessed with the four month thing because it happened to me in college with this on again, off again relationship. I was the coolest, best, most beautiful girlfriend until four months in one day. And I'm like, what happened? <laughs> like, how did I, how was I yesterday at four months, the most amazing girlfriend. And today I'm annoying. What happened? Detaching, wow. detaching. It makes, it makes, it makes a lot of sense when you, when you look at the science behind it and behave, how behavior, you know, it's a lot of our behavior and relationships is from what we learned from our, our care, our main caregivers, our parents. Right. Yeah. So we're constantly, yeah. whether that was really good, but most of us didn't have the best. A lot of us didn't have the best. A lot model. of us didn't have the best <laughs> models, right? No, 50% and- of people are divorced. Well, right. A lot of our parents are divorced. So. Right. So and is- we, yeah, we're nature and nurture, right? That's we become right. our parents. That's right. So what would you say the difference between a red flag and a deal breaker? Can you talk about that, please? Because there's definitely red flags and there's deal breakers. Yeah, I think red flags are pretty consistent. Deal breakers can differ person to person, right? For some people, let's say um, a differing religion can be a deal breaker. Mm -hmm. For some people that want to be near family, I live in Chicago. My parents live in Chicago. I want to live in Chicago. Someone that wanted to move me to... Cabo would be a deal breaker for me because it, being close to family is important to me. Those are deal breakers, but those are Bella specific deal breakers. Those may not be specific to others, but yes. red flags are pretty universal. Yes. So you are helping people identify their deal breakers. I mean, you really do need to know what, what is my hard line here? I mean, obviously somebody that wants to have kids and somebody that doesn't want to have kids. Well, come on, Huge. there's a deal breaker. Right then and there, that is a deal breaker. What do you write? Where are you? You know, what do you believe about careers? What do you believe about education? For some people, education is a deal breaker. For other people, it's not. I have clients all over the map with this. Yes. Right. So those aren't red flags. That's just, you got to match up with what's important to you. And what I would say is, Question your deal breakers and your deal makers and ask yourself, am I operating from my thinking brain looking for a partner for me? Or am I operating from my reptile brain? (laughs) Not questioning what's important to me or why. Yeah. Right. For women, I'll say, okay, I get that you want a tall guy who doesn't like tall. We all like tall at the end of the day, but how important is height to your long-term happiness? I love this. How you say I've heard heard you say this before. It makes me laugh so hard. Uh, You know, that person's height is not going to matter too much when you're laying down. (laughs) Everybody's the same height lying down. So true. It doesn't matter. Right. So it's all. Oh my goodness. It's just so good. So good. It's like, well, I just want to feel small. I'm like, so maybe you have your own fitness goals you want to achieve. Like, <laughs> let's di- let's dig in there a little deeper, right? Yeah, a little and bit too I, much on your partner there. Yeah. Right. I will go there with people. Like so often we want to be with someone who's ultra fit instead of getting fit. Because then mm. it means we're fit. So there's so much deep-rooted psychology to how we are selecting partners. Why do you need that? Well, 
you know, um, well, my parents always told me I wasn't smart enough. I'm like, then maybe you should go get a PhD, right? You're battling your own demons. Marrying it doesn't make you a PhD. Right. Fulfill yourself, love yourself, build yourself up. You don't need a partner to fill in those voids. They can't. Absolutely. Yeah. We're asking, Esther Perel talks so much about this, about how we're asking our partners to be too much in our lives. Yes. Right. It's not, it's not about, um, you complete me. <laughs> we are the Tom Cruises of the world. We're, we're trying to, um, have somebody that's going to compliment our lives and not, you don't, you, you don't need somebody to, right. It's, it's about building something together. 100%. So I once one concept I really wanted you to explain, please, because I've heard you say this before, and I just need you to explain it. You you're teaching people how to screen people in rather than screening people out. And you talk about filling your, filling your funnel. So there's, is that two different things? Is that two different concepts or do they work together? Um, there are two different concepts that work together. Okay. <laughs> so you, creating a funnel means having many options. It's like thinking about your, your retirement portfolio. Yes. You've got to have lots of different investments to keep yourself diversified, right? So if one goes up, the other goes down, you're still where you need to be. I look at a dating funnel in very much the same way. You want to have a diversified portfolio of people that you're dating until you decide you want to commit to one. Okay. So that's the funnel. Now, where does screening people in versus screening people out come from? We're so quick to screen people out. If we don't feel chemistry, butterflies, fireworks, attraction, we screen them out. Mm, let me just go see who's my next swipe. Who's my next match. Just because you're not feeling the whoosh doesn't mean you should necessarily screen that person out. If you feel like you had fun, it was a good conversation. You may be a good values fit. Give the person a second date and a third date and a fourth date. People will say, well, Bella, aren't I leading that person on? I'm like, no, you're trying to screen them in to see if the chemistry will go over the line. Remember, I told you, I ended up dating someone I had been 100% platonic friends with for six years. Mm -hmm. Doing my own analysis and my work made me go, huh. I think he'd be a good bet for me and he's cute. So chemistry can flip over the line when you are thinking about people in a different way. I'm not always saying it's always going to happen. You're not going to be attracted to every person because you think you want to, but give it a chance. People, you will uncork a bottle of wine and pour it in a fancy carafe and let it breathe. So you have the optimal glass of wine. We don't let our dates breathe. We don't let our relationships breathe. We're so quick to screen people out. Yes. Right. Screen people in. If there are no red flags, if there are no red flags, yeah. if there There's are no a caveat. Yep. 100%. So, you know, you say that dating in the beginning is a process of elimination. Yes. Right. Like, yes. but that's also, you're giving people a chance, right? If there's red flags, bye-bye. Right. Bye. 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 Okay. Yep. So in pacing, let's talk about dating pacing. Cause this is the same thing you like, I have learned this already from you today. I didn't realize that you were telling your clients, okay, three to four months is, you know, the timeline you're looking at here, take your time and take don't introduce time. people to your friends. And you've also got your, your funnel of people that you're, you're not just exclusive right away. Right. So you're being exactly. honest. Let's say you're, you're dating multiple people. How, how are you communicating that to, let's say you are interested in somebody, but you're like, I know, no, it hasn't been three or four months. I'm still getting to know this person. They, they were a stranger 
three months ago, yeah. right? Yeah. We just have to slow down here, right? So uh, are you communicating that very openly, honestly, that I am dating other people? People need to earn your story. They don't get it up front. Yeah. So I'm very much on the Brene page about this. So people need to earn our stories. You don't have to say, oh, if somebody asks you, are you dating other people? You can say, huh, why do you ask? Answer a question with the question, get more data people. <laughs> Okay. That's a good one. Ask what their intention is. Why do they want to know? Oh, that's so interesting. Why do you ask? Yeah. Right. Okay. I've got a question about pacing. So this one, this question is, I've found that men pretend they want something more than a physical relationship, but then once they get that, they don't want to engage in an actual emotional relationship either. And I'm caught in a pattern of getting involved with these types of people. How can I avoid this? So this is not about pacing. Sorry. This is about, um, well, it's about choosing possibly the wrong people that are not yeah. emotionally available. Yeah. Don't get, don't get caught up in relationships that are physical upfront. So we were talking about sex and having sex too early. Yeah. Don't do that. If that's your pattern, stop doing that. We call it sex exclusivity. Don't have sex until you're in an exclusive relationship. And that's months later. Mm -hmm. If you know you're doing this, stop doing it. You were, you know, I worked with Steve Harvey on his show for seven seasons mm -hmm. and we're very different and we come from different places in life. And yet there was a common core that works with us from a dating standpoint, which is why we gave good advice together. It's like different, different, same. And where we were very aligned is on this topic of sex exclusivity. And Steve would, Steve wrote a book that's very famous called act like a lady, think like a man. And in that book, he says very famously, do not have sex for 90 days. Mm -hmm. Okay. And he tells this hilarious story about how he worked at Ford Motor Company, and he couldn't get health benefits for 90 days. And even when he had a fever of 117 and COVID and malaria and all of the things, he would still show up to work because he needed to get those medical benefits. You couldn't miss a day of work. And he's like, I did what I had to do for 90 days to get health insurance. And you women on the third date are like, come on up. Sure. I'll have dinner at your house and two bottles of wine and a bed and all of that. So he's like, don't do it. We're very aligned in that. Don't do that. Don't give away. He calls it. Don't give away your cookies. Wow. I, that is good. Yep. That's, that's excellent advice. So when you are teaching this course called helping you fix your picker, this is your another quote of yours. You're not attracting the wrong people. You're picking and accepting the wrong people. This is this is something that we hear a lot in our community through questions. It's like, what can I do to attract better people? Right? And you're saying it's not about that. It's about you're picking and accepting the wrong people. Absolutely. Yeah. You that's need powerful. That 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 actually is that's that's powerful stuff, right? Yeah. You, we so, always say, I'm not attracting the right people. I'm like, you're accepting the wrong people. Yeah. Right. So, and so before we, before we end today, Bella, can you just tell us about, like, I, I wanted to know how, like, what is the process when somebody signs up as a client of that smart dating Academy? Can you walk us through that? Yes. Get ready for the best decision you'll ever make. I joke. We're like, you know, we're like having 
a professional best friend. Some people say personal trainers for your dating and love life. So when you sign up, you know, we've got this fix your picker zoom love lab workshop that happens February 6th, Sunday from one to 4 PM central. It's a three hour investment and it will blow your mind. If you like this episode today, you will really, really, really be blown away at the decisions you make and know how to make better decisions. And we get, we show you our graphs on pacing. We show you all the red flags by phase of dating. So there's tons of things in there. And in our one-on-one practice, that gets even deeper. So your first meeting with us, we typically work with people for six to 12 months because there is no one and done in dating. People are like, oh my God, 12 months. I'm like, this is the most important thing. Like Robin, you opened up saying the partner that you're going to choose, it will determine 90% of your happiness or 90% of your misery. That is not a 90 day issue. No. Right. And it's an investment. Like it's an investment. It is an investment. It's like going to school to take the course that you should have, we should have all taken when we were 17 years old. Right. And now we're teaching that and it's one-on-one and it's not in a group. It's all about you and you have a coach. And then not only do we teach you, you know, who your GHQ guy is, you know, what your red flags are by phase of dating, how to pace things. But then we're in the weeds, man. We're in your inbox. We take your photos for you. I wrote a book that helps you write your online profiles and you have a coach that is in there looking for red flags with you, telling you yay or nay on the dates. We have dating scorecards that we have our clients look for green flags, red flags. There's a whole process. So if you're serious about your dating life and you want some results, you have probably gotten to where you are in your life because you've had a plan. If you need a plan, we're the right place. Yes. And something that you've also shared in your TED talk, and this, this, these statistics are a little bit frightening to me, like 46, 41% of first marriages end in divorce, 67% of second marriages end in divorce and 74% of third. So the stats just keep going up (laughs) the more times you've been married. So let's say you're a divorced person. Um, I'm, I'm married for the second time. And I have an amazing husband and I had, I had a really, I had a great first husband. I really did. I just felt like it wasn't a forever thing. That's okay. (laughs) So that's my perspective on that. However, I think if, you know, you are looking for your next partner in life, if you've already had a long-term relationship and you're like, okay, I I really don't want this to happen again. I don't want to go through that again. Divorce is so freaking painful. And like you said, a year commitment to, to committing to learning how to do it the right way so that you bring that per- the right person in that's that's money that you can it's invaluable invaluable right? 100%. investing in yourself i love i love that invest in well, yourself um you know for singles and for all of us that are even in, in relationships i think that we can all benefit we've just benefit from your sage advice and it's about Aww. really what you this this advice about choosing elevator people and being that elevator person for people around you, whether you're in a date, when, when you go on a date, you, you know, you're there to come across as your best self, right. And lift that person up that you're with, like, go, like you said, go in there, curious, bring some amazing questions. You're there to get to know somebody. And that's throughout the whole dating process, right. Exactly. Um, and, and just in, in our lives, we can be elevator people to all those around us. So I know you are that to so many Bella. I, I'm, I'm so uplifted every time that we talk. Ditto. And I just love our time together. <laughs> so, 
Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you so much. And you know, we just dropped a podcast, the smart dating Academy podcast, and you will be a guest on my podcast too. I hope at some point when your schedule frees up, but I would be honored. Thank you. So grateful and love working with you. Thank you for having me. And for those of you that don't know Bella's work, please go to smartdatingacademy.com. She has an amazing um, company and her IG following you're on, you're on Facebook as well. Yeah. So all of the, and of course your podcast. So, and we'll see you tomorrow on the IG live. Cannot wait. (laughs) Good night, Bella. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. Love to you. You too. See you tomorrow. Please visit realloveready.com to become a member of our community. Submit your relationship questions for our podcast experts at reallovereadypodcast at gmail.com. We read everything you send. Be sure to rate and review this podcast. Your feedback helps us get you the relationship advice and guidance you need. The Real Love Ready podcast is recorded and edited by Anna Lafreniere. Transcriptions by otter.ai and edited by Anna Lafreniere. We at Real Love Ready acknowledge and express gratitude for the Coast Salish people, the stewards of the land on which we work and play, and encourage everyone listening to take a moment to acknowledge and express gratitude for those that have stewarded and continue to steward the land that you live on as well.